Kia ora and welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle. And I'm Chambers. And today we're talking cruise. We are. <laughs> or lack thereof. Yeah, what a shame that was. Very uh, poignant right now to have this topic of conversation, but also very devastating. Yes, it is. So firstly, though, Chambers, welcome back after your Waitangi long weekend. Thank you very much. You can tell by my husky voice I had a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't ask any details on that, but you were off camping, right? Yeah, no, it was a friend's 10th wedding anniversary and they pretty much organised a mini festival with their friends. And yeah, so I kind of went to a festival that was organised by my mates at a mate's mate's place for three days. It was really, it was amazing, flawless and so much fun. So much fun. That's a good idea, isn't it? Nice Mm. way to celebrate your 10th wedding anniversary. It was, yeah, to the point where they now have thought that they might do it annually. Oh, God. Oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. So today we've got a really interesting episode lined up. I thought last week with all of the conversations going around about the cruise ship that was banned um, from coming into New Zealand, it would be a good idea to get Debbie Summers onto the show. So Debs is the non-executive director for ID Tours, which is the largest cruise handler in New Zealand. She's also the chair of the New Zealand Cruise Association. She's a director for tourism industry, Aotearoa, and she's also the vice chair for the world's leading ground operators. So she's a fairly busy lady. (laughs) My goodness, with fingers in all different pies. Yes, exactly. But it's fair to say she is one of our experts on cruising here in New Zealand and a very, very passionate advocate for the industry. And she's been, I guess it'd be fair to say, a little bit shell-shocked by the news that the Ponant cruise ship wasn't allowed or was denied entry into New Zealand waters by immigration New Zealand. After, can we add, after all the preparations that they had done prior, it was a surprise last-minute pull of the cards. Yeah, absolutely. So they had been granted approval by the health ministry, but then they were denied 61 visas for crew members because they were considered non-essential and jobs that could be filled by New Zealanders, despite the fact that New Zealanders don't have this maritime safety certificate that you need to work on cruise ships. Correct. Yeah, it's really tough. Yep. So we've got a, a pretty short interview with Debs. She is a busy lady, um, but we managed to grab half an hour with her just to run through what's going on. I think the industry really needs to rally behind this message and Maybe it is time we start to get a little bit more vocal around educating the ministers on what we do and what the opportunities are, because let's face it, we've spent the last nearly 12 months reimagining our businesses or as our previous minister told us to pivot or die. And we've been doing whatever we could to keep afloat, pardon the pun, (laughs) (laughs) but and domestic cruising was a real opportunity for us. And, and we saw, look at that, we saw how much of an opportunity because it sold out. Sold out, I know. You know, like there's that demand, that demand is there. And yeah, it's just so sad. And we do need to be that squeaky wheel to get behind this and say, come on, ministers, you need to listen. We've done everything you've asked us to do. We've even survived some parts of the industry, even survived with zero revenue for a year 
And we've come up with all these other ways to only be stopped at the very last hurdle and a hurdle we didn't even realize we were going to be stopped at because normally it would have been taken care of. That's right. And these visas aren't a new thing. They apply for these visas every single cruise season. So it's not a special COVID visa or anything related to that. And as Deb says, she feels it's a bit of a political decision. I have to agree with her. and It doesn't feel good. And it just feels like it's another kick in the teeth for the tourism industry. It feels like an opportunity lost. And my concern going forward is more around the reputation of New Zealand as a cruise destination. Yep. And if not, moving on to the entire tourism sector. Yeah. It will have a knock-on effect if, if stories like this keep coming up. That's into right. The public and international media. Like it's just, and why will other countries or other parts of the tourism industry want to work with New Zealand if this is the way they get treated and it's always at the last hurdle? Yeah. When it wasn't unexpected, it wasn't like immigration discussed, hey, listen, this time around, you're going to have to apply for the visas a bit earlier. We want you to advertise to Kiwis. You must give them a chance to potentially train and get these maritime certificates. Like none of that was mentioned. Yeah. And nor nor did it need to be because prior to this, it was just normal to go for that visa. Yes. (laughs) It's terrible. It seems crazy, doesn't it? But anyway, we'll wrap this little bit up and we'll leave you with the interview with Deb Summers. Who is a brilliant speaker, by the way. And if you have a chance to listen to her live, please do. Yeah, and get behind her. Yep, knows her stuff and extremely passionate about not just cruising, but I would say tourism in general. So, yeah, but other than that, we'll be back next Wednesday and enjoy the show. Kia Debs, and welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Kia ora. Thanks for having me. Now, I know you're super busy, but we felt that this was a really important discussion to have, given the latest developments with opponent cruise ship being turned away from New Zealand. So can you just give our listeners a little bit of background on this situation from how you've seen it play out? Yes, so Ponant has been coming to New Zealand. Actually, they're a dedicated and very much loved, loyal customer of New Zealand, if you want to put it that way. They've been coming here for many years now, and they're made up of some beautiful, high-end, actually kind of look like super yacht type ships. Mm. And they're a French company. They also have an office in, in Sydney. They have many offices worldwide, but sort of five, even six star vessels, and wow. they're still building new. So uh, they've been a really great customer and of ID as well, which is a (laughs) company I work with. So, yeah, so basically they really wanted to help restart our cruise industry. And so they put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money into working with our health department Mm pre-Christmas. So sort of six months, even before December, probably mid last year, started working on this, put in, I've, you know, I mean... They, they did it all they were asked, put it this way, above and beyond and more, and got permission to sail to New Zealand around the 21st of December, which was a huge, such a positive thing after the torrid year that we all had last year. And this was seen and held up by world over, actually, as being a way that you could do it, you know, like Jacinda says, go fast, go hard, go early. And Mm -hmm. I thought, brilliant, I'm really pleased that's what we're doing here in New Zealand, because if we go hard, fast and early, surely that means we can be early out of this as well. And we can start to do business again earlier than a lot of the world in a safe way. Mm. 
So Ponant had covered everything from a COVID perspective, absolutely. And, and any perspective that had been asked of them, they went above and beyond, they were given permission. And, and obviously it's been really interesting to read the press around this. Now, I don't know if you follow me on LinkedIn at all or see any of my, but press not, have not been my, our mainstream media have not been my best buddy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over the last year. And I think that they have caused a lot of civil discord in our, in our country yeah. unnecessarily. I think that they've, you know, battered down the tourism industry even more without uh, needing to. Mm-hmm. And it's been a real problem for us. However, in this instance, the press have been unbelievably factual and they've been hugely supportive over this. So that's been that's been one thing. So, but the interesting thing is in a COVID world, the interesting thing is one, there doesn't seem to be a lot of empathy for our tourism industry out there, full stop, right? Yeah. Uh, we're looking after one another within our industry, but if you take one foot out of the tourism industry and hospitality industry, there's not a lot of empathy for us mm. and the struggles that we're having. And I think maybe there's a whole lunacy around that has been created around COVID that has made people just not read anything, you know, so all sorts of comments. I've tried not to read the Herald comments on this because it will lead me to an early grave, but uh, it's been quite horrific that people really are not wanting to read the facts around it. So let me just go back to what happened. So, yep, they were given the go ahead to come here by the New Zealand government through our health department, signed off by Ashley. And in order to get that, that department would have had to have spoken to other departments in order to allow a ship to come into New Zealand, mm. okay? So would have, so. Yeah. you'd imagine would have had to have spoken with immigration, would have had to have spoken to customs, all, all those other MB, uh, other departments. Mm. So they were given the go-ahead. And, of course, at that point is when they started to sell their itineraries. You have to sell... Hmm. You can't sell itineraries when the ship just turns up. It's it's obvious to us in travel, but doesn't seem to be obvious to a lot of people. But anyway, so we started selling the itineraries. ID were contracted as well to do some ground handling work, which was nice because we haven't earned any revenue since since March, Mm -hmm. last March. And we were all excited. It was a really positive thing. Everybody was just thinking, if we can get this off the ground, you know, to do some domestic cruising for Kiwis, get them around regional New Zealand. What a good news story. And it's even more than that. It was it was a real lifeline for a lot of mm. people in our industry that totally. were desperately needing some business. So, okay, so on their way. And then three days before the ship um, arrives in New Zealand, they were turned down for their basically a critical visa that you have to get an essential work visa that you mm-hmm. have to get. This is a very normal thing. Mm. So normally ships would put in for those and they just get granted. And it's been going on for decades here. So three days before, basically Immigration New Zealand felt that 60, I think it was 61 crew positions on the ship were not deemed essential to the maintenance of the ship. And so they felt that they they could, we could fill those with, with Kiwi employees three days before the ship arrived. Yeah. So that's essentially stymieing it. Yeah. Despite the prior approval. Yeah. And it seemed like such a no brainer. I mean, we've heard you speak at various industry updates in the last six months about the domestic cruise bubble opportunity. And it did 
just seem like a no-brainer. We're COVID-free, essentially, here in New Zealand. You can bring in ships that have been on the water for well over a month before they get here. They can still go through the testing regime and whatever else they need when they arrive. But it does, as you say, inject that lifeline into mm. our industry and reintroduce cruising. Because let's face it, at the start of covid I feel like the cruise industry was really demonized. We had a couple of ships with issues, but when we look back now, it's not just ships. It was, you know, everybody's ravaged. Well, um, yeah, COVID, and I think right? I think we've we've become more sophisticated in yep. as we've gained knowledge about COVID, and we know that it's not uh, the ships that have it; it's people who have COVID and people exactly. who carry COVID around. So, I just think we've become more sophisticated. Well. We should have become more sophisticated in the way that we're we're viewing this. And also that we can't just be at a, a complete stop. We have to take these opportunities. And this was such a, an amazing opportunity for our country that, it, to be honest, it, it's, it's real gut-wrenching yeah. is, is how I feel about it. And I know a, a lot of people who would have been working with that ship. And I think one of the most salt in the wound thing for me is that our immigration minister said, Actually, a few days before, well, the ship shouldn't have been selling those tickets and selling those itineraries. He said, it's like the Wiggles selling their concert tickets and they're not allowed in. And then the very next day I woke up and there was a text from somebody saying um, the Wiggles had got let in. I yeah. had to Google who the hell the Wiggles were <laughs> and uh, try. But it just felt like salt in the womb. So oh, it feels like totally. Cruise has been held on a completely different pedestal. It almost felt political to me, actually. There was, yeah. The government was having a bit of a hard time that week. Yeah. That's the tough thing as well, isn't it? Because when you look at some of these decisions, and I think I did comment on one of your LinkedIn posts because we had that terminally ill guy trying to get back in from Japan and he'd been declined, which just seemed ridiculous to me. I mean, we talk about kindness and empathy and compassion and that, if anything, was the one case. Now, the media got hold of that story and made a big deal out of it. And voila, next minute, he's got approval, which is the right decision. I'm not saying it's not, but it was similar for the Wiggles. You know, you've suddenly got all of these parents of young children who've bought tickets up in arms. So, it, and oh yeah, suddenly we've opened up some space for them in managed isolation as well. Whereas the cruise industry got, and the tourism industry, I'm going to say, it's not just cruise. This is far mm. bigger than mm, yes. you know, just cruise. We just got left behind because for some reason this government has proven and I don't want to get political but they've proven that they don't really care about our industry that's how it feels anyway yeah and I, I feel like you try to do exactly what we've been told the entire time of COVID and pivot and reimagine you've done that and then that still gets turned away heartbreaking that's right and there was a huge I think you can't under underestimate the huge amount of work that went into to creating these itineraries, into working with Kiwis. The charter is a Kiwi charter, a wild earth based out of Christchurch. Mm. And the fact that they sold out means that there's a market for Kiwis right. want yeah. to make holiday in this way. And they wanted to spend their money out and around yep. the country. Mm. If you think about it as well, I mean, those, the crew, the ship had been repositioned from Jakarta. It had already been sailing for, I think it was over 20 days before it reached New Zealand. The crew had been tested four times already. Oh, this wow. isn't about COVID. Mm. This decision's not a COVID decision. So it's then going back to jobs for Kiwis. And one of the things I think that the government 
fail to understand, I believe, is that you also need, you know, you can't, it's not apples for apples. So a hairdresser working on Queen Street couldn't just get a job hairdressing on the ship immediately. They would have to um, have a safety at sea qualification, a marine qualification that goes alongside because Mm. you're working in a marine environment. So Mm. you're not just serving behind the bar, for instance, you're also helping in a, say, God forbid, an evacuation at sea scenario and those sorts of things. So you have to have this other marine side to your qualifications. As it was, Ponant did go out and, and advertise for those positions when they were asked to do that. And I think they had five people. It's like you can't just mobilize people in three days. Yeah. Anyway, it's an impossible. They were set up to fail. Yeah, that's what I believe. Yeah, I, I saw that article. I think I saw that they had six applications or five or six applications for those 61 roles. And that's the bit that really stings is that how does the government not ask those questions or do they just not care? You know, like it's we know that we want to operate in a safe environment. They've got Kiwis on board, is my understanding as well. It's only a short season. It's not as if we're putting Kiwis into full-time employment. This is a three-month window or something like that. That's right. That's right. And it's not a new thing, by the way. Cruise lines are always, they do look for Kiwis. They have advertised pre-COVID and and the plenty of Kiwis work on cruise ships. Actually, in general, Kiwis tend to prefer the super yacht industry, actually. I don't know if it's our America's Cup sailing background or our love for City of Sales and all of that, but we tend to be drawn into the super yacht roles, just out of it was interesting to find that out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you know, where do we where do we go from here? And and the only thing that I can think about is because there just wasn't anything. Uh, there's no reason why this should have been told no and and stopped in such an aggressive way as well. It was a very aggressive way that they did it in the end. And and I just have to put it where it all has to come back to us. We have to try harder to educate our our ministers around tourism, and we have to make them understand what it means to to the country and and why it's so important and I guess we just still haven't achieved we still haven't achieved that because Mm. otherwise these these ridiculous decisions wouldn't keep happening and the one thing I will say this isn't this won't just be at cruise this lack of knowledge I see it as a problem for the whole sector yeah Mm -hmm. yeah as we try to get back into the international space when we're ready to do it because yeah. this isn't normal where we are now. It's not the new normal. I hate that saying. It's it, we're going to be. It's all going to look very, very different as we go forward. And I think one of the biggest, prob- well, areas of concern for me is when our borders do open, and Kiwis choose to to go away again to to travel. Because we're travellers, we love yeah, to travel. Everybody does. Yeah. But if we continue to make it difficult for people to come in, well, who then is going to be supporting all of those suppliers up and down the country? Because the Kiwis won't be. Yeah, yeah, that's Agreed. exactly right. It was it was funny. I was sitting watching oh, over the weekend. We watched a bit of the Big Bash, I think it was this weekend. I'm losing track of the days. The Australian Open, we've got crowds. And, okay, not full crowds there, but even that whole trans-Tasman bubble opportunity, it seems like we had the discussion prior to Christmas to say that that is likely to happen in the first quarter. It's gone completely quiet now. And yes, there have been the odd cases pop up both here and in Australia, but each time they've been shut down and controlled really well. And I can't help but think we're missing this massive opportunity 
with, you know, Australians are basically living life normally. We're living life normally. And yet we've still got this barrier that doesn't enable us to help our biggest export industry. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. And we're, instead of becoming, we should have been the first country to start domestic cruising and returning it back in a a safe and phased, measured kind of way. Europe has started cruising already. We're operating cruises out of Singapore and and Taiwan as well. And Mm. with no COVID cases on board. And the way the cruise lines are doing it, 50% occupancy, uh, social distancing on board, all of the air conditioning units are separated out. Mm -hmm. So there's no sharing of air. All the cruise lines have completely uh, just gone about this and said, right, how can we be COVID safe? And they're proving that they can do it. And here we've, we've gone, we're incredibly hard line down this. And I think the thing that also worries me hugely is just, if we're going to be this hard, well, we are this hard line, is which companies within New Zealand can hang on long enough mm. to make it to the other side of this? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, that is a big concern. And I think we should all be concerned about that. And I don't believe that, and I don't want to be, I know I keep reading in the papers, everybody calls us the whinging sector, the whining, mm. whinging, yep. moaning people. So I'm, I'm really aware of that. But You know, as an inbound tour operator as well, I was listening to the interview with Lynn the other day that you did, which was Mm. great. But we, it's really difficult for us to actually pivot. We're trying with the domestic cruising. But apart from that, if if we're stymied in that way, then there's not a lot for a company like ID to to turn themselves to. There's already a lot of people playing in the domestic space. They're really good at it. Yes. Don't need a company like ours trying to muscle our way into that. Uh, we don't have the expertise either. Well, the challenge yeah. you've got is we've seen some inbound operators, you know, make really good attempts to pivot into that domestic market and they've spent thousands of dollars and mm. they're not getting a lot of return back for, from it because the domestics don't travel that way. I know, I don't think I've ever used a travel agent to travel within New Zealand. No, no. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And tourism New Zealand have, have got data on that, haven't they, about yeah, the spend yeah. of comparing the spend. So if you don't, and I don't want to, you know, repeat what Linda said, but by not supporting, I mean, we've been offered a loan. We're one of the companies that were offered a loan. Now, we're already in such a high risk environment mm. that to then take on more That's of a risk it. with this loan and the payback period is probably not going to be long enough for when yeah. we're actually going to be, because we'll start. I mean, we're determined. We'll be fingertips on the side of the table, determined to be, we've been going 40 years. Yeah. We, we, it's our, it's our passion yeah. <laughs> and our vocation is this sector. And I know it will come back, but yeah it's going to come back slowly as well so I just feel I feel like we just we haven't been given a plan and we've been saying that for an entire year now like all we're asking for is okay yep you said that there's going to be a bubble open before Christmas potentially in the first quarter where's that plan what does that look like what steps do we all have to take to work towards that we're not getting that information the government aren't providing that not not either side unfortunately not even Australia like it's They're not saying that we need to make sure that the airports have these things in place and then we need each of the businesses inside New Zealand to have this in place and get yourselves ready and start working towards that. At least you'd have a focus, but there's nothing. They do a PR announcement of in the first quarter. And like you said, Michelle, it's gone dead since then. Mm. And yeah, there are some cases, and but I think they've been 
handled really well, whichever side you look at, whether it's Australia or New Zealand. And we, we know to be on top of it and we all want to be on top of it. And when we get reminded to use our contact tracing, we're doing that. And I just feel like yeah. people come forward with a plan and just tell us what that looks like and get feedback from us about how we're going to survive when borders do open like how are we going to get workers to cover those jobs that we simply don't have right now mm. yeah yeah gosh it, it does it, it's a really a dismal outlook really and I, I i just wonder travel tourism hospitality it's been proven it's the hardest hit sector in the world mm. due to from covid so we need we do need more support we need uh, a lot more understanding so uh, from from government. But we also have this incredible opportunity, which seems to be missed. And we've obviously talked about that domestic cruise bubble, but imagine the PR already that we're getting from seeing these big concerts and big events happen here. And I know I've put stuff online and had people going, you don't have to wear masks. And what are you doing? It's like, no, because we're COVID free here at the moment, and this is our life. And so given that travel and tourism have been the most affected, isn't that New Zealand's opportunity to then grab that and become world leaders oh. when we do start to open up? And this is one of the reasons why I came to this country 12 years ago. Is this, uh, you know, and it's overused, but the can-do attitude and we'll mm. make it work. And, yeah. and so it felt so sophisticated to me within the prime minister at the time had the portfolio for tourism. And yeah. it was such a pleasure to, it seemed so much easier than where I'd come from. Tourism was so much more understood and, and felt incredibly well supported. And it was a pleasure to, to go around the world and, and easy to sell New Zealand, let's face mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. You know, we live in an incredible country. And I think that was one of the biggest things I couldn't believe from the whole Ponant debacle, which is such a shambles. I was, I was embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that that message has gone out internationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to the cruise line industry you know it's such a huge enormous rock of confidence for them well, that they would have and we're getting questions about well is new zealand going to be open for even 22 23 the cruise lines are now starting to get really concerned about are they even going to be welcome back can you see a way that we can come back from this depth on what needs to be done if we if we are going to it just we have to um, have face to face with the ministers as to start, I mean, we're going to be, we are meeting and talking with MB as to how did it get to this mm. in early March. But actually, in my mind, we need face-to-face. I mean, for instance, New Zealand Cruise Association, we've asked Minister Nash over and over to meet with us just for 10 minutes. We start off with half an hour. I was like, cut it down, cut it down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a busy man. He's a busy man. But how does that guy sleep at night? I don't know how many associations he's actually had a face-to-face yeah. with yet. How does he how does he actually sleep at night? Well, he's worried <laughs> about for 10 minutes. freedom camping and high net worth visitors when they come back in and but she has Do you know this is the thing now. that I don't understand? The actual crux of it that I don't get about and because tourism New Zealand as well, very supportive of high-end, small numbers, and also let's get Kiwis moving around the country. Well, Ponant ticked every bloody box. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. That's why it's absolutely, I looked at Kevin last week, CEO of New Zealand Cruise Association. I actually said, first time ever, I don't know what else to do. Oh. I don't know what, what do we do? 
So I've had a few sleeps and a couple of glasses of wine and a vat of gin. And (laughs) now it has to be, it has to be working somehow more closer with our ministers who don't seem to want to work very closely with us, but they, we have to make that happen. Yeah. So to try harder our side. Yeah, I, I think it's the squeaky wheel um, syndrome here. And I, I, I've got no answers for you, unfortunately. But I think from what we've seen, and we've talked about it a little bit, the louder we are as an industry, the more pressure they will come under to talk to us. And I think forget about the fact that people call us whingers. They're not living in our space. You've mentioned that you haven't had one cent of revenue in 12 months. You name another industry in this country that would still be surviving Mm. after going through that. I don't think there would be very many. Well, there's the farming. Most would have given up. Yeah, the farming industry, they don't have any rain and they get support. Yeah. I know. I've, in, the, in the last sort of, I'd say, six months, I've often thought, gosh, if we were dairy, I wonder if we'd be getting a bit more help, you know. Um, but it's, it's, we just need, we just, we just want enough to, we just want enough support to be able to make it through to yep. the other end because we're grafters in the tourism industry. Mm, uh-huh. It's not an easy business, is it? No. We all know that. I mean, it's long hours. It's hard work, but we do it because we love it. Yeah, And we do um, many different roles within it. You may sit there as the managing director or the general manager or whatever, but you're doing more than just that. You'll be the, the barista. You'll be the cleaner alongside doing that other role. Yeah, you're right. That's right. You have to have many hats on in order, in order for it all to work. And, and especially in a country like New Zealand. And actually that brings me to something else. I'm a little bit, well, a lot concerned about is that loss of IP that we're having. We're seeing a hemorrhaging where people are just can't hang on any longer. They have to either, I mean, ID, we've been through two restructures. So yeah. we were, you know, nearly 50 people and, and we're down to six right mm-hmm. now. And we've moved, we've had to move office and we've done all those things in order to try and make it through to the end. And yeah. you do it without, you can't plan for governmental support, but bloody hell, been trying to work to get some because we just realised this could be two years of no revenue. Mm. It could be, it, God forbid, it could be longer. But if we can't get crews on the Trans-Tasman bubble table which would be heartbreaking because as you said right at the beginning Michelle we've got all these Australians just over the water also with nowhere else to go and they love to cruise you know 58% of our market was made up by Australians and they love cruising around this country and by the way they do spend yeah they absolutely do hey now Debs I know you have to get going but can we just finish off what is the cruise industry worth to New Zealand so far this, so if we were operating in this season, if we yep. had um, a season this season, we've lost $640 million so far. Wow. Within five years, it was from, sorry, the season before, within five years, it was projected to be a $1 billion industry for this country. Wow. Okay. So- and that spend is everywhere. That's the beauty of it. The spend is everywhere in tiny little places in this country. And then you get the pre and post and there's all sorts of other add-ons and add-ons for crews. And then they might come back for a longer holiday because they absolutely, you know, it's a cliche about cruise, but it's just true. It's true. I will actually this weekend last year, I was in Australia just prior to lockdown and I was at the flight center expos. And I would say 
40 to 50% of the Aussies I spoke to over that weekend were saying, we've been on a cruise. We now want to come back and see the middle of the, the country that we didn't get to on the cruise ships. Mm. And I was staggered because, and of course, that's great for me because I was over there representing the central North Island. So I was like, okay, come and talk yeah. to me because I'm not exactly the place that you need to come and visit. And so they do come back. We know that. And it is that's a great right. feed up. I mean, there's some it's, people who It's love a free to marketing tour for tourism New Zealand the cruise industry that's what yeah. that's what I've always I've always said to T and said who are very supportive of of cruise we've got the wonderful yes. Tansy who sits on our board but I'll leave you with one thing which is really interesting so pre-COVID 40% of all air travel in the United States was for the cruise market <gasps> wow pretty cool yeah that's huge that's an incredible yeah. stat yep mm. Wow. Okay. Well, look, Debs, thank you so much for joining us today and keep fighting the good fight. Hopefully we'll get the industry rallied in behind you. I know they already are, but let's get a little bit noisier and vocal um, with our ministers and get you in front of them for at least 10 minutes. I think you need 15. (laughs) (laughs) I did talk fast though. (laughs) Cover off a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks guys. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.